You're listening to the Worship Hearts Podcast, presented by Louder Than Stones. Hello and welcome to the Worship Hearts Podcast, the collision of spiritual growth, effective leadership, and practical application for worship pastors and lay leaders. It's a conversation about the fun, the facts, and the fear of leading worship, where every week we dive into the practical and spiritual joys and struggles of leading worship in a world of worshipers. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, It's great to be back here again this week. And, uh, you know, we welcomed Noel back to the stage, as it were, last week. Um, Matt took a, a little bit of a time off, some vacation, and uh, still ended up doing some editing for us while he was on vacation. But uh, So we want to welcome back Matt to the yeah. platform. Yay! And the Yay. crowd. So, hey. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> you must have worn lots of sunscreen because you didn't come back with that uh, sultry tan. That yeah. Yet, so... I I I did. If if my mother taught me nothing else growing up, it's that a little bit of discomfort putting on and wearing sunscreen means that you get to enjoy more of your trip because you're not a half dried out lobster in the process. So yeah, you know, I mean, there's always that. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah, we we did. We we uh, ran down to Florida. Um, if you go anywhere from Texas to Florida, further than like Miramar, Denton, Pensacola area, Man. just fly. Just yeah, fly. it's yeah. not worth it. Yeah, uh, my you- typical rule is is if it takes me longer than twelve hours to drive, I'm gonna fly. That's just yeah. my rule of thumb. Uh, you know, but. from from where we're at, we can be in uh in florida in nine hours um it was longer driving in florida (laughs) than it took us to get to florida oh man um yeah just fly it's that's just fly just fly um Pack your Man. fold your kids up inside the luggage and check yes. them in. And, yep. Uh, yep. Check you know, bags. And then, you know. And then get on the plane. <laughs> get on the plane. Actually, go. we do. I guess we need to do need to do a disclaimer on that. Don't don't do that with your kids. Don't don't no. put them in the luggage. Yeah. No. Uh, so. Actually, we we started the trip back. So going down this this is rabbit trailing quite a bit, but it'll just just take a second first for perspective uh we drove down we left about six o'clock friday night and drove down to cape coral from white house texas cape coral florida white house texas it's 16 and a half hours according to the google um we left at about six o'clock friday night it was two o'clock saturday afternoon when we pulled into cape coral uh if you do the math quickly that's 20 hours on the road um coming home was not a whole lot better uh we left about 11 30 
uh, in the morning, so lunchtime on Saturday. It was 5 a.m. pulling into our driveway uh, Sunday morning when we when we got back. Uh, on our way back Saturday afternoon, we're somewhere south of Gainesville, and uh, and my neighbor who's who was riding shotgun at the time is on his phone just doing a quick little search or whatever for private flights and things like that because we're already <laughs> at the point of going. This is not worth it. Uh, being four hours into the trip home, and uh, he he found uh this place that like for a four seat Cessna, you know, single prop engine airplane to fly out of Tyler, Texas, down to yeah. uh, Fort Myers, which is essentially the other side of the river from Cape Coral. It's the same place essentially. Uh, three and a half hours. Oh, so wow. for one of the slowest planes. <laughs> you can find it's less than 20% of the amount of time that we spent in the car. But, but think trip. of all the memories that you made on that road trip. Plenty that I would love to forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought driving across Texas was a long ways. Yeah, Texas ain't got nothing on Florida when it comes to how long their highways are. Well, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah, just but Texas is is a uh, you know stem to stern. Uh, Florida, it's just it's just one. Yeah, big, giant. Yeah, stretch. It's so. it was ridiculous. Just fly. Yeah, that's my, that's my recommendation. Just, just fly. Just fly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in that process, yeah, I was on vacation last week. Noel was on the podcast, um, and y'all talked about uh, the weekend that we had, the Ready Weekend at her church yeah. a few weekends ago and yeah. uh, and how well that went. You wanted to talk with me also about that weekend because I actually got to come to this one. Well, yeah, and you had 20 hours of contemplation of a road trip to, to think about yeah. all the Great I can promise you, <laughs> I did not spend 20 hours thinking about that weekend. Uh, sorry to disappoint, what? but no, <laughs> uh, oh, I can't it, believe it. It it was it was a a very good weekend. Um, I enjoyed uh, the ready weekend very much. Um, I uh, it was neat. Uh, it. It was neat to see, and we're still working out some bugs and kinks and things like right. that, and that's that's to be expected. Um, some things that coming out of the weekend, I was going, okay, we can do this better, we can do that better, that kind of thing. Uh, I was even taking notes uh, while we were doing it. Okay, <laughs> I, I need a song here, or I need a better example of this, or, you know. Um, so Tell we, this we guy were, to be quiet. That's, oh, no. <laughs> We, we are all the time improving, all the time uh, making better and refining and um, absolutely you know, sweeping away the chaff to, to get biblical about it um, nice. and, and giving, uh, giving everyone the opportunity to, to experience that. Um, I would say I, I, the way that we have it set up, and again, there, there will be refinements and changes made and all those types of things. Sure. But 
If you are involved in worship ministry in any capacity, I would recommend it. Uh, because I do believe there's something in there for everyone. Even if it is simply an opportunity for you to spend some time with your team. Uh, because rarely do we get that, right? It's always Sunday or whatever the phrase is. It's Sunday right. comes every week kind of a thing. Um, right. And so taking being purposeful about that time to focus on worship, but not have to worship, not have to lead worship, not have to be a part of worship, but just to focus in on it and and to to take that time to refocus and to to glean information from others who are doing exactly that. Um, I, I think it was uh, I think it was a, a huge opportunity for those that were involved and and for anyone who wants to be involved in the future um, to to be able to do that. So. Um, yeah, that's well, my general summation of the weekend. The general, yeah, the general summation. Well, and the, and the whole idea, um, is, is, uh, we, we don't come in with, uh, all the answers. We certainly don't even know all the questions. And, and so the, the process of, um, living a life in worship ministries is just that it is, a uh, it is a process and it is something that we get to do as we live in it. And, yeah. uh, uh, I, you know, I've, I've said before, I've, I've been now at Metroplex for, uh, uh, next month will be 16 years. We'll finish up, uh, 16. And, um, uh, and there have been times when, you know, even veterans, even, uh, new people, uh, doesn't matter how long you've been in, Worship ministries, there it's real easy to get in a rut. It's real easy to get in a in a in a line that you got drawn, and this is the way we're going. This is how we're doing it, and and that just as easy as it is to get into that. It's easy enough for your congregation and your praise teams, and your choirs, and everybody else that's involved. Your people in the back that are doing all of the. Um, behind the scenes work too, and uh, all the tech stuff. It's easy for them to get settled in real easy and uh, real and get ho hum about the whole thing. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's not what God calls us to do. God calls us to be a part of a dynamic life and, and dynamic living in the process. So if that's the, you know, uh, it's real easy to uh, get settled in. Now, settling in working with your teams is great. You know, you need mm -hmm. to be able to have that camaraderie, but, but when you get to where you're doing, you know, the same great worship songs, you know, and you've got three of them that you do, uh, and you do them, you know, every other week or you rotate them even, you know, it's still right. And get to the place where, you know, it gets ho-hum. And, oh yeah, and you, there's there's just there's too much music out there. There's there's too much good worship music out there. Yeah, that there's no reason to get stuck in in that kind of a rut where where you're only doing a few songs, even though they're great songs and they're moving songs and they're you know, um, and it's and it's great to be able to be involved in that. But there's just too much stuff out there to 
that is relevant and that is uh, great stuff that you can help create an atmosphere with to uh, yeah. lead people to the presence of God. So, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I it, in that vein, uh, and I know we want to move on to a different subject as well, so I won't spend too much time here, but. Uh, it, it was always a refreshing uh, opportunity to, especially when the pandemic happened and so many churches went online, to hear different worship from different churches, to hear songs that oh, yeah. I don't normally do at my church or, uh, you know, something that I heard, hadn't heard in a long time. Um, right. And and that was that was neat. That was refreshing because we do. We, we find those songs at our churches that, that resonate with our church. And there's nothing wrong with that until you're singing 10,000 reasons three times in a month for months on end. Right. It's, it's an incredible song. It's a powerful song, but there's plenty of good music out there. Plenty of songs that, that represent um, who God is and and give us an opportunity to worship him in, in dynamic ways uh, like you mentioned before. So, right. Right. So the idea of our weekends, and we've got one coming up in September in east, uh, western Arkansas uh, in the Waldron area. We're going to be doing a zone meeting. And, uh, and if you have any questions on that, it's uh, messageworshiphearts at gmail.com. Send us a, re- uh, a question of any kind about that. Um, yeah. We'll give you some more information on that one. But, again, designed to be a part of your worship team and designed to be uh, – beneficial to uh, learning more about your team and more about worship ministries and, and, and just simply how you can keep from getting in a rut. But uh, the ready weekend, it's renovate, equip, develop, and initiate. So uh, that's what we, we want to come together with you and partner with you uh, and your teams to do just that. This is not a matter of saying who's right, who's wrong. It's not a matter of, you know, what you're doing is, you know, um, number one rule, eliminate distractions, you know. Yeah. Uh, rule number two, uh, know who your audience is. And that's, you know, first of all, God. Number Rule number three is to know who your congregation is in the process. So all those things are, are just simple little things that I needed to be reminded. And I would remind myself about every three years or so just to keep myself from getting too stuck in a rut. And, uh, and that was with, you know, again, choir music, praise team music, orchestral music and all kinds of different stuff. So again, there's just too much stuff out there to get, to get in one lane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even, even Bill and Gloria Gaither are still making music. Yeah. Yes, and and you'll notice they got some younger folk on in the vocal band, um, yeah. and and there's some great vocals in that vocal band. Um, oh yeah, young and old, and so they're they're doing it well. They've learned how to do that, uh, and and they've even broadened their uh, scope of the style or as it were a genre of music that they that they are including in their, uh, in their groups. So, uh, yeah. you, you just, you just have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but you certainly have to use all four to, oh, make, yeah. The, yeah. to make the wagon go right. So that's it. 
That's it. Absolutely. Well, uh, not to not to take us away from the, that discussion necessarily, but uh, the other part of this evening's discussion that you wanted to point us at or or begin to delve into, and um, I am certain that uh, even even if we don't make a series out of this necessarily, it will be a subject that we revisit often. Uh, and and I'm actually a little surprised we haven't visited it yet. This is episode twenty, and. Uh, I was saving it for episode 20, Matt. Come on. That's exactly, it was waiting for this big. Right. That's, you know, the big yeah. two O. Uh, okay. <laughs> um. Believe me when I say it's a much better ride to Florida than to fly. That was a- <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so I was I was waiting on number twenty to talk about equipment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gee. Um, uh, well, yeah, you got me all messed up now. Gear. <laughs> we want to talk about gear, um, and and this is like a like I mentioned, this will be a huge discussion that will uh, that will encompass many episodes. Um, yes. Is there a particular? aspect of gear that you want to talk about okay, because we're talking about different instruments we're talking about sound and lighting and audio visual and i mean yeah. like yeah so we, we you, will we will touch a little bit on all of it um maybe yeah. not just tonight, but uh and for those of you who are 50 and older uh this is called equipment sound equipment not gear um for you younger whippersnappers it's gear so uh <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm just, I'm just playing. So, uh, yeah. In my, in my day, we did yeah. gigs. You know, uh, well, the only gig you know. and I did was frog gigging when I was a kid. So, um, <laughs> and that's a whole nother podcast altogether. So, and and um, the only gear you had was an organ and a piano. So, <laughs> yeah. When it came to sound equipment, yeah, yeah, we yeah. were lucky to have microphones, um, but. Uh, uh, yeah, no, we, we want to talk about uh, gear and want to talk about, you, you can see behind me here, a uh, different, a uh, couple of different guitars that are available for my use. Uh, got a great friend uh, and brother in Christ, uh, Junior, who has um, supplied me with pretty much all of the guitars that I play. And uh um, amazingly enough. And there's, there's a whole nother story I can tell at, at one of the worship weekends and how God blesses. But, um, I bought a guitar that I've, I have made a hundred dollar investment in a guitar years ago and I've not paid for one since. And, uh, it's just because God has blessed and has, uh, has seen fit to, to bless, uh, us in the ministries that we've been involved in. And uh, and these are some of those blessings. I got I got a few more over here too. So, a couple of seagulls. Oh oh, oh excuse me. I I did pay for um, a guitar for one of my kids, and now the grandkids use it. So, it sits yeah. over in the corner over there. But uh, got it at a garage sale. But uh, but you know I got a couple of seagulls um, and uh, Takamini, and I got a tailor at church and. Uh, got an acoustic bass there that hangs on the wall, all, all of which, again, um, and an Epiphone. 
um, all of which God has just blessed me with. And so, so depending upon, uh, first of all, when you're leading worship, if you, if you are just a vocalist and, and, um, and that is your forte as it were, and that's how you lead and you lead because you're able to sing well and, and commit well, um, then, uh, uh, you're going to want to know what kind of microphones to use. You're going to want to know what's going to be the most efficient for uh, speaking and for singing and which one is going to combine the two really well. Um, there's been a couple of times that I've used um, our pastor had a countryman uh, style uh, earphone for a microphone or an earpiece or microphone that he would use. Um, because the lapel just didn't work with him turning his head and so on and so forth. And so, so you make the investment on getting something that's going to be comfortable and that's going to be wearable and it's going to be efficient. And uh, uh, we have done pretty well at church. Uh, we do have microphones, uh, wireless microphones that are all hooked up to Shure transceivers, and they are the... Um, uh, I'm, I'm just a big fan of the SM58 by Shure. Uh, I know Sennheiser has a great microphone out there that uh, certainly competes with that mic. Um, and, uh, oh, I forget the name. There's another one out there that's in, in direct competition with that particular microphone as well. And then there's cardioids that you use for uh, area microphones. But uh, all those types of things are, are very vital to to what you're doing in in the ministry of eliminating distractions, and in, uh, in in the ministry of your audience of one, so what what kinds of uh, equipment or gear do you use in in the microphone realm? Yeah, um, so at uh, the church I was at before, where I led worship, we. Uh, there were several changes that we've made. One of which, though, was purchasing uh, nine wireless microphones. Uh, they were Sennheisers, um, and and I I loved them. They're great. Almost, Mike. almost completely. There was <laughs> one big thing that bothered me about them, and and some people have, um, some people have more of an issue uh, with that than others, but. It did great if it was on a mic stand, but if you, uh, if you, and I'm going to do this without making a whole lot of noise, if you were to uh, grab the bottom of the microphone and hold it down at the bottom, right, it would cut out. Oh wow! It, it would uh, it would drop it, signal. Wow! And uh, and so if it if the battery was not 100 percent and you got your hand down around the bottom of that microphone, <laughs> it was. Yeah. It was done for. So, uh, but unfortunately, the the nature of what that technology is and what those microphones are, sure. you're going to have little qualms and issues and things that you have to work through. And what works well for one environment doesn't work well in other environments. What works well for this group won't necessarily work well for that group. Um, so it's it's really good. I mean, we can we can give all kinds of recommendations of equipment that 
we like and that we've used and that we've been around and uh, and things that we haven't liked or whatever. But really, when it comes down to it, your equipment needs to be your equipment. Um, it needs to be something that's going to work well for you because you can spend all the money you want to on the best stuff out there. And if nobody uses it, it's a waste of money. And so, if nobody knows how to use it. And if and most definitely, if nobody knows how <laughs> to use it, it's a waste of money. Yeah. Uh, I did want to preface this, and, and I'll probably bring this up several times uh, through this discussion of gear. And that is, um, gear is an investment, number one, and you mentioned that earlier. Uh, but number two, that investment, like a car or like a laptop or a cell phone, it wears out. It gets sure bugs. It, it, it gets to the point where it doesn't function well anymore. And we as, as churches have this tendency to hold on to things and to squeeze every ounce of everything we can possibly get out of them. I'm looking at you, 25-year-old analog board dad that you're still using that Good has multiple state. dead channels on it. Oh, we only got one dead on this one. Oh, now, the okay. one, at, the oh. one, at, the one at our previous church had had three. <laughs> we, but it had been struck by lightning twice. <laughs> when we when we finally replaced the board uh, at, at Hilltop, um, it was either eight or ten dead channels mm. that we had in a thirty-two channel board. Right. Right. When when you're when you're having to decide what to plug in on a 32 channel board because you're limited on channels, you either have too big of a, of a crew for a 32 channel board, or it's time to replace the board because you've got a bunch of burned out channels. Uh, yeah, uh, it was yeah. it was terrible. But yeah. and uh, and and I will say this too: is is uh, um, uh, yes, technology is advancing, and yes, it does advance, and yes. Uh, churches need to stay as best as they can afford to stay up to date. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's been one of the big things. Um, I know that the, that our people have been very gun shy about getting anything because it works. You know, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, well, uh, it, it's not too much, too bad of an idea, except, um, it's also new wine and old wine skins, you know, where we have digital equipment that we are recording on with an analog board and, yeah. and it doesn't always, uh, it doesn't always match up well. So, so there is an element there too, that, you know, you have to kind of, you know, just go ahead and, and take that plunge and take that step and, you know, but there also has been a great, um, uh, a great element of being gun shy when it comes to buying equipment um, in several places that I've been. And, and this is no exception is, is um, when you, um, when you get a quote from somebody who is more interested in selling than they are in providing and uh, uh, what the needs are of a local church. And that, you know, ends up being a real bad, bitter taste in, in the mouth when you can, when you get sold a bill of goods, that was 
much less than what you paid for it. And, uh, and it's not that the equipment was bad. It's not that the gear was bad. The gear is great. Good, solid state. Allen and Heath, uh, solid board, 32 channel. It's a beautiful board. Um, but that along with some amps and, and some microphones and things, um, there was some, some bad advice given and, and, and it has hurt. Um, and which makes it difficult then for the next guy, myself, to come in and say, yeah, we need a new $5,000, you know, board. Well, why do we need to spend $5,000 on a new board when we spent $30,000 on that one? Uh, because you shouldn't have spent $30,000 on the first one. But, yeah, you shouldn't um, have spent $3,000 on the first one. But. <laughs> but, you know, it comes along with installation, comes on all these other, you know, perks. Oh, yeah. of the trade, yeah. You know. But, you know, all of that to be said is, yeah, um, things wear out. And especially even even uh, digital and analog and solid state, it's electric. It's got electricity running through it all the time. And, yeah, it's just going to wear out over time. So, yeah. Pay attention to I, your uh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen a couple of different extremes. I've been a part of some of those extremes. Uh, the The previous extreme that I'm referring to was the 20 year old, uh, board that was purchased and put in with when the church was built in 98, um, that we were dealing with and fighting with and, and trying to make work as best we could. Um, and, and the other extreme, and I have not personally experienced this, but I have heard about it. And I don't remember dad, if it was you that told me about this or if it was someone else, but uh, it's a, 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 a church that we know of that rents their equipment. And every yeah. 12 to 24 months, they get an entirely new system, new speakers, right. new amplifiers, new board, new everything. Right. Um, right. And it it's, it's, again, it's another of those double-edged swords, right? This, this technology stuff is just that. Um, yes, it means they have something that is going to work consistently. It's going to be effective. It's going to be the newest, greatest, best, whatever. Uh, but it also means that your, your people are having to learn something new every 12 to 24 months. It means yeah. they've got to yeah. figure out how to operate this stuff. It means that when those, uh, when those bug patches and, and beta, uh, issues, um, show up on that new equipment, right. then right. you get to figure those out along with the manufacturer. And there hasn't been that time to work those things out. So, right. um, so there's, there's certainly some extremes to it. Um, and, and there are again, pros and cons to both, right? You get 20 years Absolutely. out of a board, then you've, you've, you have long extended the life <laughs> well past that board, uh, how long that board should have lasted. Uh, yeah. the, the number that I have heard is every 10 years, um, is about the lifespan. And I would, I would venture to say that that's on the, on the longer side of things with as rapidly as the past 10 years has gone when it comes to technology. Um, and, and that is a big thing too, is because the technological advances have happened so quickly over, um, over the last 10 to 20 years. Yeah. The, certainly the the times on necessities or the times of exchange have really narrowed down to about 
three to five. Um, and again, if you can afford it, you know, um, yeah. So, so folks, folks that, uh, can't afford the lease, uh, folks that can't afford to buy every five years, um, you know, uh, we're, those of us who can't do that are happy to, you know, take those boards off your hands after a, you know, five to six, seven, 10 year stint. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, because it's still good equipment. Um, however, you just, you like a used car, you're going to have to know and understand that it's, it's going to come with its own little glitches as well. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'll, I'll say this and then we can wrap up the discussion for this week. Uh, however you'd like to dad, but, um, understand and know that, uh, just because somebody in the church has a brother who put a stereo system in his pickup one time does not necessarily mean that he knows what he's doing when it comes to putting in a sound system in a church. Correct. Um, and, and you can apply that analogy to your situation, <laughs> however you'd like to, but, uh, yeah, it is, it is worth it when you are, when you're talking, back up when you are making the investment yes that is 30 50 80 thousand dollars worth of equipment spend the extra 10 grand and have somebody come in and put it in right and tune it to the room and eq the room and teach your people and get your you know whatever kind of training you need to have that comes with it whatever extra little gadgets and whiz bangs that you think you might need Spend the money, do it right, do it well, whatever yep. your budget is. If it means that yep. you get a new board this year and new microphones next year, that's fine. But but find somebody who actually genuinely knows right. what they're doing and don't cheap out on the process of, right. well, you know, my, my second cousin's nephew <laughs> knows how to, you know, change the water pump on an F-150. Well, okay, but we're not talking about a water pump on an F-150. We're talking about $50,000 worth of technology. So yeah. Um, yeah. It, it it's it's huge, and it is an investment. So treat that investment well, and it will treat you well. And and in the same thread, uh, get more than one quote on oh, what yeah. you're at. And do a little bit of homework to compare what those quotes are, are offering and providing. So, uh, for example, the difference between the wireless SM58s or a Sennheiser, you know, find that information out, do a little bit of homework and see what the, the consumer reports reviews are on those types of things. So there's, oh, yeah. there's no harm in that, you know, you are making a large investment. And even if it is uh, a $3,500 board, digital board that will do, far beyond what your 20 year old board used to do. Um, it still is an investment because that's, that's money that you're spending to, to essentially come up with a better sound and a, a better availability of, and a better effectiveness of your sound in your crew. So your people need to know what's going on. They need to know how to work it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And it's, it is, you know, uh, some some might consider, you know, well, if what's the advantage in buying this one at fifty thousand dollars versus this one at thirty thousand dollars? 
and it comes back to that uh that that elimination of distraction element of it if you buy the cheapest thing out there you're going to get the cheapest thing out there yep that's so do you want to deal with the headaches of the cheaper less reliable less you know uh it may do fine or you may have all the issues in the world with it or yeah. do you spend a little bit more and get what's what's known to be worth having what you know just like you said the reviews it's it's got the the backing of the manufacturer it's got the backing of the people that are putting it in to say yeah, yeah this is good stuff we've had really good luck with it no issues this is worth your money uh it, it's it's important cheaping out cheaping out when it comes to sound equipment and audio visual and technology and gear <laughs> is so it's just not the way don't cheap out on that stuff it's it's not worth right. saving a few right. a few pennies because it's going to cost you in the long run yep yep and it may cost you sooner than you want it to in the long run even you know yeah because you may be expecting you may be expecting to get another 30 years out of a new board and and just simply because the digital equipment is built differently and designed differently they're they're really not designed to do a like a solid state board does so yeah uh so the whole process is different so you you might get five ten fifteen years out of it and that's great but understand you need to be saving you know a five dollar bill every week in order to replace it at one point at some point so yep. absolutely and if you have any questions, you know, have any questions on any particular types of um, boards, um, uh, I like Mackie boards. I like uh, uh, Fenders. I like PVs. I like uh, Allen and Heaths. Um, there's there's a lot of great boards out there. Um, you just you have to do a little bit of homework in order to uh, figure out which boards that are going to be best equipped to handle what you're, what you're looking for. Um, and, and what it is that you're doing. Do you need something that, you know, has 32 channels? You know, you got a couple of instruments and a couple of singers. You may not need all of that, but this may be part of the catalyst that helps to create a better sound and create a better atmosphere. So yeah. you're, you know, might be part of the plan for church growth. So understand that this might enhance what you're doing and other people are going to like it. So yeah. uh, you want to get better, get better. You want to sound better, get better equipment. That's it. So. That's exactly right. Yeah, absolutely. If you have any questions about your equipment or uh, maybe you have some recommendations of equipment that uh, you would like to share with our listeners and viewers, please, please, please send us a message. You can email us at messageworshiphearts at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Um, and of course, Anchor as well uh, for the podcast. And uh, yeah, gear. This this is a good kickoff to the conversation of gear and technology and uh, yep. equipment uh, as we yeah. move into uh, another episode of the podcast. Yeah, and we'll talk more about it because there's Absolutely. lots more gear than just soundboard and microphones so oh yeah oh yeah 
we could we could probably spend 10 episodes on gear and not cover it all so well thank you but so much for wait. listening you'll have yeah. to wait for another 10 episodes before no I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh thank you so much for listening and watching this week we will see y'all next time bye